now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that is me, along with Captain Dennis and RV Tom. We are your crew for Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. All right, so uh, kicking off the show today, this is what I've been waiting for. I mean, of course, everybody has been busting my, you know what, many times over the years about getting my private pilot certificate. And, and I figured if I waited long enough, technology would catch up and I wouldn't have to do anything. And that's kind of where we're going to start the show off with today. You think, Dennis? Is this my saving uh, grace? This, this, well, I don't know if we should bank on this. I mean, it's there's still a lot to be said for you actually being able to fly yourself. But since you can't seem to de- devote yourself correctly, this might be an alternate option. And that's the first thing that I thought of when I saw the press releases about uh, the unmanned Cessna Caravan. And I'm like, hey, put some floats on it. We can just have somebody fly Greg wherever he wants to go. I like it. Now, the video, we talked about this a few weeks ago on the show, and we have Robert Rose from uh, Reliable Robotics on Just Plain Radio. Robert, welcome. How are you, buddy? I'm good. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. You got it. So, uh, so is this my saving grace, you think, Robert? Will this be for someone like me who's been trying to get their private pilot certificate forever and just waiting for auto to blow up next to me and take care of all the stuff I haven't been able to master yet? Or what do you think? Not quite yet. We're getting there. The technology will get there, hopefully, in our lifetimes. But it's going to be a while. The, the system that we're developing, you really you can think of it as a more advanced autopilot. And it does the stick and rudder. It takes over the hand flying. But it's still, there's an expectation that there is a certificated pilot sitting there uh, managing the system, either in the plane or, or potentially remotely. Right. Now, the video I saw, there was someone, like, you know, in a classroom, I, and they were like, I don't know, 20 miles away or a few miles away from the airport or whatever. And uh, man, they were flying the plane around the pattern, landing, taking off the whole thing. I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is like simulator to another to another level. Probably a level that I would feel uncomfortable about uh, doing myself. But uh, how hard was it to get to, to, to make this happen Where for you guys are reliable uh, robotics? It is a lot of work. We, we've been at this for, for many years. Uh, the company started back in 2017. We demonstrated um, an uncrewed operation back in 2019 on a Cessna 172, a Skyhawk. Um, but the Cessna Caravan that we did more recently, it's it's a lot more airplane. And so the level of safety analysis that we had to do was much more involved. And the back and forth, uh, the involvement we've had with the FAA was much greater. It was a very significant, um, very significant effort by by us, the team, and as well as the FAA to make this happen. Now, the Grand Caravan that you got used, I mean, uh, this seems like this could be a very practical use. I don't know, maybe even a bridge between, you know, air taxis that are drone operated type things or autonomous. Uh, I mean, is that what you guys are looking to do with this technology or are you just working at it to see what we can do and where, you know, pushing the uh, technology forward as far as just having, I don't know, unmanned flight or, you know, having a pilot, you know, operate a, a vehicle from the ground? What do you think? 
Well, the initial use case that we're targeting is actually small cargo operations. Uh, Caravan, many people don't know it, but it's one of the most popular cargo aircraft in the world. If you look at just by quantity of aircraft, um, there's hundreds of these. FedEx alone operates 235 caravans in the lower 48 uh, and, and Hawaii, I should say. Mm-hmm. And, and this aircraft uh, really fills an essential need for people that live outside of major metropolitan areas. You know, if you think about somebody that lives in, I don't know, rural eastern Montana, for example, um, if you need to overnight a package into or out of that area, uh, say to New York City or, or London or wherever, uh, it doesn't make sense to drive it by truck. So it's going to get to an, a nearer airport on a big jet like Salt Lake City, and then it's going to go out from there on a caravan. So we see that as the initial application. Mm-hmm. Longer term, I think the areas you mentioned, um, air taxis, eVTOLs, I think will benefit from autonomy. It's going to take some time, but I think there's a lot that we can do um, in the near term to help small cargo operations. Yeah, it makes total sense. And then, uh, well, you guys are in San Francisco, right? That's where uh, Reliable Robotics is based. And, uh, I mean, I could just see, like, uh, hey, I need to schedule a flight on a Grand Caravan to fly over the Farallons or Guadalupe off the coast of California or one of the islands, you know, uh, Catalina or something. And and, and you closer to home, Greg, Fort yeah, well, Lauderdale to Bimini. Well, Come right. On, 50 well, miles. I'm just thinking, though, they're where they are in California. I mean, that you could get one more passenger on the plane because you'd have one less pilot, right? You could do it that way, too. Eventually, yeah, we'll get there. And, you know, the use case for um, personal mobility is something, too, that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, You know, I do live in the Bay Area right now, but I've got family that lives in more rural parts of Oregon. And the thing that burns me up every time I want to go visit my family, I've got a wife, uh, three boys and a dog. Um, I look at our commercial air travel options and they're really lacking. Uh, If you want to get to more rural parts of Oregon, um, you're actually better off driving than you are flying commercial. It takes longer to fly commercial uh, when you stack up all of the airport transit time. But wouldn't it be nice if you could go to your local municipal airport and hop in an autonomous aircraft that then takes you to the municipal airport? That's 10 minutes from my in-law's house. And it just it burns me up. That's not a thing today. And I, I hope in my lifetime we can make that a thing. Well, I, I see it happening for sure. I mean, there's no question it, it's happening with the drone technology and that kind of stuff. And we're going to see that eventually. Uh, but I do. I see this as kind of that bridge uh, technology in the meantime. Are, are you guys dealing with any of the mental aspects connected with this from the standpoint of like, okay, yeah, let's throw a few uh, people in there, you know, with this uh, self-flying uh, caravan and uh, you guys are okay with that, right? <laughs> you know, you signed the release. <laughs> I mean, are you leaving that, uh, you know, m- you know, mental aspect of uh, the technology to someone else? Or are you guys dealing with that kind of stuff too? I think it'll be an interesting day when you hear over the intercom, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking and the captain is not in the plane. Right. Somewhere 50 miles away or yeah. 100 miles, away, whatever. Um, no, we're, we're short answers. We're not dealing with that right now. Right now we're, 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 um, We're doing cargo operations, but I would highlight, however, that in our certification work with the FAA, we're not taking credit for that. Uh, In fact, there's really no way to take credit for it because uh, for the FAA, it's about it's about the size of the aircraft. It's about the gross takeoff weight. The cool aspect of uh, what I saw in the video, too, was the pilot was, uh, you know, down there in an office like, you know, like a pilot classroom. 
running the plane. I mean, so is the application of this potentially like you could have a entire staff of like 50 pilots in San Francisco and operating grand caravans all throughout the country because they got a Wi-Fi connection and that's how it's connecting the airplane? Is, is that where this is going or what? It'll be need to be a little bit more robust than a Wi-Fi connection, well, but yes, yeah, right. <laughs> the vision is to have pilots stationed in control centers. Uh, you could think of it as a pilot call center, or you know, if you've seen pictures of, um, I don't know, airline global operations centers, you can Google those images. Um, that that's really what what we're planning in the future. It's it's going to be a it's going to be a physically uh, controlled access space. So not anybody can just walk in, you know, you'll need a key card and right. you'll need permission to be there. And then you'll sit down in front of a console that is running a, uh, basically a subset of the certified avionics stack that goes on the plane. And that'll be the mechanism through which you program the vehicle, the internet connection or the data connection that you'll need to the airplane. It's, is going to need to be much more robust than an off-the-shelf Wi-Fi. So with our system that we actually demonstrated uh, late last year, we, ha- we have multiple redundant mechanisms through which we can communicate with the aircraft. So it's, it's redundant internet as well as redundant satellite. Um, so if any one of those fail, we even have you know power system backups and all of that. You're, you're going to right. need all of that be able to do this in the future yeah well I, I have no doubt you're well on your way it's impressive technology and they uh if people want to check out more they can look up reliable robotics there in uh san francisco and the website is reliable.co check it out uh robert thank you so much for being on just plane radio good stuff thank you very much for having me and we got more coming up on just plane radio Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to JustPlaneRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. 
a state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons flight training professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. With Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. How do they get all that metal up in the air? It makes no sense. It also doesn't make any sense how much you're sweating. Ha! He thinks we're all gonna die. This guy. If the plane doesn't kill you, I will. Looks like it's time for someone to take their sleepy pill. You're gonna be okay. You gotta fly, gotta fly away. No need to be. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. RV Tom with us as well, rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. I mean, that was pretty interesting stuff there from Robert and uh, Reliable Robotics, by the way. I, it gives me hope. I, uh, you know, it's not going to slow me down. I still have to learn everything and get my private pilot certificate. But, you know, I, I've always thought technology is eventually going to catch up. And, uh, and, 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 you know, be our co-pilot, if nothing else. I mean, it'd be an amazing second pilot uh, that you could lean on if you had to. Now, we talked to him during the commercial break, and he did say, though, they're working their angle to make this the primary uh, pilot in command. So it's not being set up, at least their system, as a, you know, a backup to uh, a pilot where you'd only have to have one pilot as opposed to two in the cockpit. But I would imagine, you know, that technology is kind of goes hand in hand. You could work it that way if you wanted. But uh, I love it. I think it's, uh, I mean, it's going to happen whether you like it or not. It's just going to be a matter of who are going to be those first passengers. <laughs> you know, yeah, they probably got the right idea of working cargo first. That's where the money's going to be anyway. And then they don't get well, cargo work. doesn't complain. Well, you know, so right. Your concern that you, you know, you aired was, you know, what would the passengers think about getting in an airplane with no pilot? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our generation, we probably aren't going to be too keen on that. But, you know, the next upcoming generations that have grown up around computerized things and gaming and whatnot probably wouldn't think twice to do it. Right. But, but well, you, pro- term- you know, the thing is, how how much different is it than getting on some, one of these crazy, scary roller coasters like at the theme parks? You know, oh, they, I thought you were going to say this crazy uh, tram at the airport. You know, those are all automated. Well, exactly. Yeah. That's uh, that's true. But uh, but you know you, you know the roller coasters. Everybody gets in those cars and they go upside down and God knows where else. Ain't no pilot on them things. And uh, but they do have a set of rails. that yeah, they got keep that, them I on guess. a fixed path. Right. But uh, but you know we're we're kind of used to giving up our. You know, uh, giving control to someone else there in a booth or something. So I don't know. It's the future. It's pretty cool, though. I, I mean, you know, when, when you're flying a big aircraft like uh, RV Tom used to do, do what it was the Dreamliner. Is that what you were flying? Or seven seven seven? Right, Tom. Yeah. So uh, was the autopilot? Was that kind of your your backup, or was that the primary thing when you guys were flying those air airplanes? What do you think? How do you well, look at it? 
the autopilot is just about it's almost required when you're at cruise altitude, especially when you're going in a RSV and air space where you have to maintain altitude. The autopilot's always turned on when you're doing like an oceanic crossing or right. want to cross over different airspaces. But I personally fly like the fly, I fly the airplane up the altitude. I'll fly it up the you know thirty one thousand feet initial altitude and hand mm-hmm. fly it up. Then on the way back into Newark, I'll I'll use like eighteen thousand. I'll I'll just flight level one eight zero. I'll just turn the autopilot off and the hand fly it. Yeah, I mean, it's I like cru- my- cruise control on in yeah. your car. It's no different, yeah, right? But once you get the altitude, and if someone was like going out of Tel Aviv, we would engage the autopilot right out right after takeoff because you have certain restrictions. You have to make certain exact DMEs to avoid you know the gold dome and restricted airspace over there. So we yeah. engage the autopilot. It can fly like a DME arc better than we can. And when you're going like out of Tel Aviv, you have to be exact, especially today, what's mm-hmm. going on over there. But uh, yeah. so certain things or, you know, cat two or cat three, land three, uh, stuff like that, where you do an auto land, it's, just, it's required. You, uh, yeah, you got to uh, defer to the uh, computer and let it yeah, do its magic. When, huh. when they call it an auto land, you're just monitoring until actually touchdown. And actually, wow. when it comes down and the brakes are applied, you turn it off when you're coming off the taxiways. But yeah. it's a required piece of equipment. Interesting. Well, see, the technology is already there. I mean, we're already kind of using it. Uh, these guys are just kind of pushing it to another level. And uh, I, I, I like it. I mean, I you know, there's that, that I think there's a segment of uh, especially general aviation or pilots in general, like, oh, my God, this is going to take all our jobs. I don't know. I think maybe eventually long term, but I say that I'm guessing that's at least 20 years away would be my guess uh at this point you don't know how fast the faa works this is probably 40 to 50, 50 years yeah. okay there you go but uh but like i said if nothing else having the backup system the more developed it gets to being able to automate all these processes or or being a backed up backup to a general aviation pilot i think that, that that's uh that's a big deal I mean, well, just I think of the help. changes that we've seen in the last 20, 30 years in GA avionics. I mean, we've gone from state-of-the-art vacuum-driven gyros now to, you know, little uh, com- little computer screens that can completely replace, you know, all of the instruments in your panel. Right. You've got autopilots now that have got a single push button that will automatically turn the airplane right side up and recover to a straight and level flight. Or, on you know, you've even got the auto land capabilities. And that's yeah. all come about you know, just in the last 10, 12 years. Right. Well, I think, you know, you know, things like, you know, JFK Jr., you know, that incident, like those type of problems, if you have a system on your plane that, uh, you know, is kind of checking in on the pilot and can take control if it has to, you know, it might eliminate a lot of those you know, problems of people getting it, into it trouble. Could. People or, just have to trust and use them. You know, the oh, JFK right. Jr. was, you know, bad decision-making, taking off in low visibility over water without mm-hmm. an instrument rating. Right. Um, but but if know, the computer if, is monitoring the flight and then notices like, hey, this doesn't seem right, and then it puts up a warning like, hey, pilot, um, I'm going to take control if you don't do something about this and acknowledge I'm this. sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Well, no, I'm sorry, Dave. Uh, I'm going to put you in your place, and I'm going to take over. You know, unless you, you know, give me an okay that everything's a okay and you're good. You know, and once again, you know, like if the pilot becomes incapacitated, it kind of solves yeah. that problem. Like the hypoxia instance yeah. that we've seen. You know, okay, hey, the pilot's not responding after so many tries. 
you know, we're descending. Yeah. And obviously the computer would need to be tied in and wouldn't have to know the pressurization level of the airplane. It would probably have a pretty good indication that there was a problem ahead of time. Right. So, uh, RV Tom, are you a fan of this or you, is this kind of scary? I mean, what do you think? Um, Yes, to both questions. <laughs> okay, I, 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 I'm not. I'm not a fan of this. Uh, I mean, we're aviators. We're you know we we fly to skies. You know, sky guys. We I want to fly. I'm hoping like for Dennis's son and for for my son's sake. I hope it's another fifty years plus before computers take over flying because yeah. I want I want my son to enjoy what I got to enjoy for for fifty years and and I know Dennis wants his son Austin to, to have the same enjoyment and uh I don't know and then uh, you know a good example Alaskan Airlines just just past week now if that would happen with the autonomous flight if that would happen what would the computer have done I mean uh right there's so many you know what ifs you program you can't possibly program all the what ifs in there at least with two human beings up front there you can ascertain a situation and take immediate action well i i who knows uh computers are pretty nutty and they're taking over whether we like it or not the question is can we interact with them and continue on with humanity let's hope so and we'll leave it at that for now more coming up just plain radio the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Where are we? Are we in LA? No, we're in North Dakota. And only those passengers deemed fit to fly will go on to Los Angeles. You're not one of them. Wanna fly, fly, fly on Can I vibe, vibe, vibe on this is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis and RV Tom rounding out the crew. All right, so a lot of news uh, this week. 737 Max back in the uh, back in the news in a bad way. Uh, lost a door. We kind of alluded to this Alaskan airline uh, uh, flight earlier in the show. But, the uh, you know, I don't even know what all the details are other than uh, the door blew off, right? Well, first of all, it wasn't a door, technically. Okay. Well, wait, <laughs> it was wait. actually a plug because a pair, uh, the, the Max 9 can seat a lot more passengers than Alaska has it configured for. Yeah. And so they uh, Boeing made that airplane with an option to install an emergency door there, 
But if the airline doesn't need it and doesn't want to have to maintain the slides and take away the seats and things like that, yeah. um, they can replace it with a plug, which mm-hmm. covers that opening. And then they can put normal seats there and still have a normal sized window. So it's kind of interesting. It gives the operator flexibility down the road. If they want to go from 170 to 220 seats, they can still meet the uh, the egress needs and, you know, remove the plug, install a door and, Instead of having to, you know, buy the airplane or, you know, ship, use it on a different route or something like that. Right. Well, uh, a plug uh, blowing out like that, though, is never good. No, but uh, it generally points to some sort of a maintenance issue is is what I'm thinking. Because, you know, United has been going through and inspecting their fleet. I haven't heard anything what Alaska found in theirs, but United found several airplanes that had loose bolts that secure that plug. Are you supposed to get that on the walk around? RV Tom, I mean, yeah, I get, that's something. That's something you're not going to see with the interior yeah. in place and everything and delivered from the factory the way it is. That's something uh, a pilot would never. A pilot wouldn't. Well, he's not in charge. <laughs> well, he is. General, well, I mean, the pilot do, does do a walk around in some sense, doesn't it? Don't you still do a big old walk around? Or how's it work? Exactly? Around, he's, he's not going to see a loose bolt or a loose fitting. That's you know, most is very obviously. On the undercarriage of the airplane, you're not going to you're not going to see it over, over an over wing exit. We're, yeah. we're not crawling out there on a wing. Even if you did go on a wing, externally looking in, you never would have saw that there was a deficiency there. Right. There's not even a handle to out- open right. that plug from the outside. Yeah. You know? I, and w- what is the protocol though for a big commercial airliner like the seven seven sevens that you would used to fly? I mean, sometimes a pilot can go outside the airplane and take a look, but is that only? If they think there's an issue with something that they aware they're aware of, or or are they supposed to do a, a walk around like we would in a single engine aircraft like GA? Oh no! On, on every flight we do a walk around, and I'll alternate, with, I'll alternate with my first officer or one of the other captains. But I always do uh, depending on the weather. I mean, if it's yeah. above seventy degrees and sunny, I usually do a walk around. Right. <laughs> If you're in my knot and it's 20 below zero, I give it to my first officer. But, but all seriously, <laughs> yeah. no, I do a walk around. Uh, so you walk around the whole entire aircraft, just like oh, you yeah, would I, a small I, plane. I spent 20 minutes walking around. And plus, when, okay. as a check airman, if I'm taking a new pilot, I'll, I'll, we'll spend a half hour doing a walk around. I'll start yeah. at the nose and work counterclockwise, and we'll go to the main landing area, go out the well, wings. When you, you don't do that at the gate, then. You do that somewhere else, I assume. Because I, no, I, do, I don't ever no, see do the it. pilot doing that. Do you? Oh, you then you you're not paying attention, because they go and put on their little yellow safety vest and walk down oh, the staircase. That's what. It, that's probably what it is. I just think it's a you know a luggage person, but it, maybe it's the pilot. No, I, I didn't look every, that close, but that's every, what's going on, huh? Yeah, every flight, there's a... Uh, Either the captain or the first officer or the IRO is doing a walk around the airplane every flight. All right. Okay, it's just requirement. All right. Well, now they're not out there checking the oil and things like that. A lot of stuff in the airline world is is handled by the maintenance crews on a regular basis, right? Or, Tom, or they they're not checking. They, they, they'll slap your hands if you try to open the oil door on the engine. Well, if you put your fingers up there on a loose bolt and like, hey, this one's not even finger tight, guys. Come on. Yeah, that's. But that wouldn't happen in in the plug. You saw those uh, bolts that were loose. Those are on the inside, connected they're, for the plug. Or they're actually know? behind the interior wall. Okay, so you yeah. wouldn't see them from your seat. All you would, you know, it, it has to. The maintenance people would have to come in and actually remove the interior wall panels yeah. to be able to get at those to access them. Yeah, and, but but uh, you think it's like a passenger goes, hey, well, there's something rattling in the walls. 
Well, the the crew probably would have gotten a little notice of that, too, because I I heard through uh, some of the analysis that there was at least three incidents that they they were getting alerts about uh, an opening in the cockpit. Mm. So something was monitoring that and they were there was maybe some movement on the door enough to trip the sensor. Yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah. And then it blew open, supposedly. I, I, heard, I thought I read something like some people lost cell phones because it sucked their cell phones out the out the hole. Luckily, nobody uh, flew out themselves. But it, did you did you read that? Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Um, the door itself blew off. The plug wound yeah. up in a school teacher's backyard, mm-hmm. and two cell phones that were blown out of the airplane. Both of them have been recovered. Wow. And I guess the Apple iPhone uh, was actually recovered intact after falling sixteen thousand feet. That's pretty good. Yeah, it still had the cord, was broken off where it was plugged into the port, Yeah, but the phone still works. It was in airplane mode, so somebody actually paid attention, Yeah, uh, but they got the phone back. That's well, kind of amazing. You know, it, it's a, a pretty crazy incident, and obviously it made all the mainstream media news, and there was talk like, oh, are they going to have to ground the 737 Maxes again? Uh, I think we're over that at this point. Is that right, or or could that still happen? Well, there is an emergency AD in effect right now that's, you know, really kind of questionable. What what exactly are we doing? Because if you look at the AD, it doesn't actually say what the fix is, but to contact the FAA, you know, to coordinate with your maintenance people. So essentially right now they're looking for things like loose bolts or anything that would keep that plug, you know, from coming loose. Right. That's pretty obvious fix, isn't it? (laughs) Check your bolts, (laughs) you know. Well, what they're hoping, and that's why they're glad to have gotten that door back, is they want to see what the failure mode was. Did right. a bolt shear? Did a part of the door break off? Was it part of the airframe? Because this is a f- airplane that's two months old and had 150 flights on it. Right. It, it shouldn't have been doing that. That's uh, new off the lot, folks. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm I'm thinking, uh, I'm hoping that they're just going to find it was a... Thing that they just didn't tighten them down good enough or something, which are, you know, they break out some Loctite or something. <laughs> when you when you read that it's kind of stuff, gonna it's going to be a little bit more than Loctite. But yeah. the pictures that I saw, I think Blanco Lirio on his channel had some good footage, and he had a link to uh, somebody out of the UK that's got an extremely technical channel on the Boeing 737. Yeah. They were showing some pretty good-sized bolts, and they're castellated. They've got slots in there right. with cotter keys through so that – you know, you're not Wouldn't relying on, on Loctite to keep that nut from turning. Well, They've true. They've actually got a key in there. Well, I read something, too, though, that said, really, there's only four bolts that holds that plug on? And, well, uh, it's not just four bolts. It actually, the way it sits in the, into the, there's the structure. There's actually pins at the bottom that okay. anchor it right. and things like that. So the bolts just hold it to the frame and then it latches in. But evidently not good enough. <laughs> well, not at, uh, you know, 300 and some knots. Uh, with yeah. The, if the bolts are loose and it's catching some wind. Right. Yeah. Have you ever had an incident like that, Tom, and all your flying back in the day? You never had a anything like pop open a, the cabin like that, did you? Have you? That's like a nightmare. Nah, no, we've never had anything. Uh, only thing we ever had flying around in the cockpit were some chickens from Santa Domingo. That was oh, about it. Well, that's, that's pretty nutty. <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean, that would probably be the... And on a related note, today's special is chicken nuggets. Right. That's right. That would that would be the probably the scariest scenario if you're in the, in the plane and a hole pops open though because it has to be total chaos in the cabin when the wind's blowing around like that. I've seen the movies. <laughs> I can only imagine that it would be uh, pretty chaotic and 
and not a pleasant experience for those people on board that Alaska flight. The only fortunate thing is that it was at 16,000 feet, so the depressurization event probably wouldn't have been as severe as if they were at 30,000 feet or higher. Oh. Well, if, you imagine, if they were at 410, you know, max altitude, it would have been it would have been really bad. Yeah, that would have been bad. So it could have been worse. Look at it that way. Always got to look at the bright side sometimes. More coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. With Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can see where flying can open up a whole new world of opportunities in business and recreation. And getting to see the kids whenever we want to. Oh, I should say. Besides, I like to fly. And so do I. Well, good. Then let's get back at it, huh? This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me. Hello, Captain Dennis and RV Tom rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. Now, here's a story that actually, you know, uh, we uh, we probably should have known about it at the end of the year, but uh, it just popped up like uh, the week after uh, because, uh, I don't know, did you just kind of stumble across this four-flight update or uh, offering that they put out or or what, Dennis? Foreflight actually emailed out a year-end summary. It's something new that they're doing this year. Basically, they take you know all of the flights that you logged in Foreflight, and they produced a recap showing you how many miles you flew, right? And a visual map showing you all of the routes that you flew during that year. So whatever you had in Foreflight, I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Except yeah. I don't use Foreflight's logbook function. I live on the the flight planning, but I don't use their logbook. So I only had one flight. That was kind of boring. Mm-hmm. But then I get an email from my neighbor. He's the the ferry pilot. You know, we, we've talked to him before. He wrote the book, uh, This Ferry Pilot Doesn't Look Down. Right. Um, and he's delivering airplanes all over the country. Well, he sends me his, he said, check this out. He flew 37,000 miles, like one and a half tra- times around the earth this, in the How last about year. That? Is he a diamond and at member 100 now? miles an hour. <laughs> You know, yeah, I, I mean, I got an email from Delta uh, recapping my miles and said that uh, you haven't even come close to reaching any status whatsoever. <laughs> but that's a whole different issue. I mean, uh, that, well, they it's did gonna, make it harder to reach that status. Right. Now. Well, they did. They did. But uh, well, well, that's a whole another another time, another story. But uh, for this, I mean, it's just uh, kind of a neat way to kind of look at the progress you've made throughout the year accomplishments. Right. Exactly. And so then I dug into my logbook. And as you know, I've been using my flight book for quite a while. And I went looking into what was available there. And while my flight book doesn't send you an email showing your end of year, he does send monthly recaps showing you how many flights you did, how many hours and things like that. But it turns out that same mapping tool is available. And so I went in there and started to play around and Sure enough, um, you can show the airports visited and hit the checkbox uh, for showing routes, and it'll draw a nice little map. And so we did that for my son, 
And it looked kind of funny. A whole bunch of flights between Florida and the Midwest. You yes. Know? And then a few over here to Canada, a couple over to the Bahamas, yeah. a couple out to California. He but sent me a re- screenshot. It looked like spaghetti, for sure. But uh, it looked like a lot of flights, though. Uh, well, that's what happens when your career is a pilot. You right. You tend to fly a lot more than you and I do. Mm-hmm. So do you get any credit for that? Uh, other than it's just... Uh, you know, just kind of make, gives you something to be, you know, personally proud of. Yeah, right. it's bragging rights yeah. for yourself. Right. But you know, it's kind of funny when you think about it. You, you know, that's his job, and all of a sudden to have it just put out there in front of you and go, "Huh, that's what I did this year." Well, when did I go to this? Oh, that's right, it was this trip. Right. It's a great way to kind of recap your your life and realize that hey, this didn't suck this year. Mm-hmm. No doubt. We, yeah, we see it in a graphical type of presentation like that. It makes a difference. I mean, of course, you're going to have all that tracked in your logbook, too, as far as, you know, tack time and stuff, right? You do, but you don't have any visualization of what it looks like. You go and grab that logbook. Great. I flew this year. Unless you go back and read each and every entry, um, you don't get that big picture. And that's what I thought was really cool. Um, and then just out of the blue, I get a phone call this week from one of my old flight instructors back in Minnesota, and he's interviewing for a job, uh, you know, at another airline or looking to interview. And he's like, hey, how do I get all my paper logs into electronic? Because the airlines all want certain reports. They want to see how many hours and how many type. And it is just too hard to go back through that logbook by hand. And so if ever there was an excuse or a reason to move to electronic logbooks, if you have a professional career direction that you want to go, you need to get those logs out of paper and get it electronic because that's what the airlines are expecting now. They don't want you to just throw your book on the table and start thumbing through it. Right. Well, I would think that, uh, I don't know, maybe for flight or, some, you know, the, the what, what's the uh, My Flight book? They, they ought to yeah. encourage this by saying, look, if you have uh, this many flights or if your routes for the year cover up, 25% of your computer screen, we're going to give you a free T-shirt, <laughs> you know, or hat well, or something. My flight book has badges that you earn for, well, there, you're for right. certain yeah. arbitrary things. You know, they get the Night Owl Award if you've logged so many hours in nighttime and, right. you know, things like that. So there are some gamification that you can get uh, with of the logbooks. And so I think you're going to see maybe more of that mm-hmm. uh, because it's an excuse for these logbook vendors to make you use the tool. Uh, it keeps you tied into the platform because they're providing some value, some interaction, some analysis. I mean, I can't think of the last time I've had to go back and count up how many hours of night did I have to make sure I'm current. Because with one button, I can go in and immediately see every currency. Am I current multi-engine, single-engine, day, night, IFR? All of that's right there at right. the push of a button. Yeah, but if you show that graphical interface, you know, map... Uh, presentation with all the routes you did and show it to even someone who's not familiar with aviation. They're going to, whoa. Okay, that's, that's the guy crazy. I want flying me, exactly. not the one that's got two flights over right. here. Yeah, I mean, uh, RV Tom, when you're flying back there for the commercial carrier, I mean, uh, what was the most amount of hours you did in a year? I mean, you have to track that, right? Do you know off the top of your head, or did you ever yeah, kind of keep that as a mental Pretty note? much, uh, especially at Continental Days, I flew about Oh, just just a tad over a thousand hours a year. Okay, all right. Do they have a threshold? Like, if you know, uh, five hundred hours, you're you're considered a captain, or you know, they come up with a, like thresholds of like the first one you get like 
you know, they get a little United plastic wings that you give the kids on the plane. And then the next one, you get a hat. Or <laughs> no, they do that because they're the first officer. And then when they get a thousand hours of uh, time in the jet under part 121, then they can upgrade to captain and they give them a second bar on their epaulet. Okay, there you go. It's the, the epaulet bars. That's how they do it, right? Is that yeah, how it and works? the pay comes with it when they do that, too. right? Which that's what—that's all that really matters, for sure. But but like, did you, did you ever have like one year that you go, "Oh my gosh, this is a personal best" as far as uh, hours in the air, or did you really pay that much attention to it, uh, Tom? What do you think? Uh, no, we paid attention just because of you know part one twenty one. You know, uh, we could fly a thousand hours a year or so, but you could do other times to. To be able to get hired in that, but there's one. Uh, my best year was like 1130 pay hours. So, because once you get over a certain threshold of hours, you got way back to the other airline, you got time and a half. So mm-hmm. we would we would time out by the end of November, coming up on a thousand hours, and so then 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 they had to buy your whole the whole month of December because you, you couldn't oh, fly. Sweet. But there was other times if you flew more than you know uh, up to your legal amount. If you flew your max hours. Uh, you get time and a half sometimes, so it's a nice boost. So a heck of those plastic wings, man. I just like that extra. Uh, you heck know, yeah, talking about it. Uh, we're gonna have a good Christmas. Is, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Christmas time was very nice uh, at a company airlines. If you flew max hours, Christmas time you got a real hefty bonus. So oh, it, there it was you go. Nice. They threw yeah. a few extra zeros on your paycheck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice couple of zeros extra. Yeah. Well, that that sounds pretty good. That sounds, and you know, like I said, if nothing else, it's just bragging rights, like you said, Dennis. Uh, you know, when you see that and see it in graphical form, that's a another cool new update from ForeFlight. Uh, was that, were there any other little tidbits that they released, or was that like a special year end kind of uh, bonus? Hey guys, check this out. Kind of thing. Yeah, no, that was strictly an unannounced. It wasn't like a software update or anything like that. And in fact, it's not even in the ForeFlight app. You have to actually go to the ForeFlight website. I mean, use the ForeFlight web to actually go view that. Hmm. So it it was very unique, uh, you know, and like I, I just enjoyed it being able to see that perspective. And then pretty soon you start getting flooded with everybody. Hey, check this out. You know, check out my year. And Yeah, look at this spaghetti mess. Yep. Yeah. I, I'll say when you sent me both yours and your son's, I looked at it and I was like, what the heck is Mine this? Mine was pretty lame by comparison, wasn't well, it? Well, maybe. But uh, it was just like a big like glob <laughs> that's what happens when you're flying uh, you know a jet for a company and and working it as you should and on that note we're going to wrap it up till next time remember there is no better high than learning to fly, learning to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. (laughs) 
Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com. 